as much as we can كده to share some with you I think the broken heart is a heart that is in pain but does not show it because he can't he knows that people around him are not going to care much so it's a heart that is broken from inside and keeps its pain inside a long time ago in 2013 i took a group of kids from chicago to serve in africa and the first few days they were amazing like they were walking around and giving kids candy and helping kids and and they feel if each one of them thought they were mother teresa halfway through the trip we were expecting a group to come from canada and I, i won't go through the details but this group had a big accident and i remember that we were in the main campus and they told us if you have doctors please rush to them some people were one lady lost her arm some people were bleeding it was such a difficult difficult day and after this difficult day everybody got together to pray and everybody was broken some prayed out of fear some prayed out of sadness we're serving you god how can this happen some serving with courage the devil is scared of us but what i remember carefully was the next morning when we went to serve the same kids having the same candy given the little kids candy but they no longer the servants can smile they no longer can be themselves because they are broken from inside they just saw their friends injured and bruised and bleeding and now they have to go to serve while half of their family back in campus broken and then i remember one one of the servants with us he said look we have been serving all this all this last week and maybe it wasn't true service maybe today we're learning what the service mean really and you know everybody came back and they start sharing things that i've never heard for like one person was saying the smile of that little child that comes and take candy it almost it's not just somebody ha- is happy to get candy that somebody in so much pain and the thing that they were looking for they received it today when they go actually preach that day it wasn't merely about like sharing a nice lesson with the kids but it was mainly about opening heart to heart conversation i've never seen so much tears and so much repentance like the few days that followed this accident every one of us go through a period where they are broken hearted from the child in school whom like his friends ignore him and bully him or her and don't talk to them somebody's anxious about their weight or their look from people in colleges they don't get accepted to the college they want or they get, don't get the job they want from the people who go to who are who are married and have marriage issues or some don't have kids and some issues with the in-laws from the people that have financial difficulties from health reasons especially the ones when you go to the doctor and he doesn't know what you have 
and I can't breathe, and I, he doesn't know what you have, and you have to go through all these doctors 50,000 times, and then you end up being broken in your heart. Brokenness in the heart is something that keeps the, the wounds of our God open to us directly. So I want to give you two examples today from the events of people who are broken and hearted and see the difference between them and see what it means to us. In the time of our Lord Jesus Christ, usually uh, they will, the, the, the cross obviously has two, two different beams. The first main one, they usually put it in the, at the execution site. So usually only you carry one. So Lord Jesus Christ obviously was beaten to death and he was required to carry the cross. And the Romans would never, ever, ever think in their mind to have somebody help a criminal who are carrying a cross. No way. Just doesn't work. And they would never touch and help somebody with the cross because it's a lot of shame with the cross. So all of a sudden, as our Lord Jesus Christ walking, the Romans, because of his condition, they took somebody, his name is Simon of Cyrene, and told him, come carry the cross. By the way, Cyrene is an area in North Africa. But this guy is coming to visit Jerusalem to worship. That's all what he's doing. It's the feast, he's coming to worship. And all of a sudden, he's pulled to carry a cross. And I was thinking about his thoughts going through this process. Like, imagine Simon going through this and saying, what would people say about me? Maybe people would think I am a criminal. Maybe people will think I'm a follower of Jesus. Maybe one Roman soldier will get angry and hit me for no reason. And I would know what to say. The crowds are pushing and people are coming and shoving and screaming and yelling. And at any moment, anything can go wrong. I did not choose that cross for myself. That's not why I signed up for. Simon did not choose that cross for himself. He was forced into it. There are crosses in our life that we choose. And there are some that we don't choose. The ones we choose tend to be easier. You know, you can say, for example, for Lent, I'll give up chocolate, I'll give up tea, I'll give up whatever. I'll pray some more. That's what you choose for yourself. It's easy. You feel you're in control. But the ones you don't choose, the cross you don't choose. Look, something beautiful. See it in this gospel, gospel of Luke. And Luke is writing this with great precision. This is not random. He's saying, and Simon was carrying the cross behind Jesus. This is the same Luke that said, if you want to be my disciple, deny yourself and carry a, your cross. Simon of Cyrene, they did not mention his name by accident. By the time the gospel was written, he was already a believer. And he had two children. The gospel mentioned them, Alexander and Rufus. This is somebody who carried a cross 
that he did not choose, but yet the cross transformed him, and he became a believer in the church. Another person today is the right-hand thief. I just want to tell you something before we talk a little bit about him. To be crucified in the Roman time, to be crucified in the Roman time, it's not like you uh, stole a piece of chocolate, okay? Or you stole a car, or you pushed somebody, or you know, like did something where you drove fast and you got a ticket. No, no, no. These are real criminals. Real criminals who lived, lived all their life in crime. We're not talking about some, because sometimes when we talk so much about the right-hand thief, we think of this very sweet, nice guy. Not at all. He's a thief, criminal all his life. Okay? And actually, at the beginning, the gospel says that him and the left-hand thief were mocking Christ. Both of them were mocking Christ. Not only one. Both of them were mocking Christ. But something happened along the way. I don't know what is it. I don't know if he missed it. Maybe he saw Jesus persevering through the cross. Maybe he saw how forgiving Jesus is. Think about it this way. If you're crucified, you hate everybody around you already. Everybody passes by, they shame you. They make fun of you. You're on the cross for 10 days. People pass by, make fun of you, shame you, spit on you, all that stuff. So what do you think people on the cross do? Are they nice? Praying for other people? They're cursing or people are passing by. If they can spit on them, they will. Right? I'm dying. What else are you going to do to me? I'm dying. So look, the right hand thief looking at Jesus. What does he see? He sees somebody who is very forgiven. Somebody who is enduring with so much patience. And then the fact that he was facing his own death, he started going through a transformation. By the way, the right-hand thief is different than Simon because the right-hand thief deserved the cross. It is an earned punishment according to the law for his deed. But in the cross, he did three wonderful things that I think we should keep them in mind. The first one is that he rebuked his other friend. The word rebuke is not like this agreement, you know, it's not like having this agreement with the other thief. No, no, no. The word rebuke, it's almost like Jesus says, rebuke Satan. But like Jesus rebuked Satan. Like, Allah, to be quiet. It's an order. The right-hand thief rebuked the voice of evil in his life. If I am carrying a cross in my life that I deserve, I need to rebuke the voice of Satan in my head. The voice that tells me nothing is going to work. You're a hopeless case. Or the voice that tells me, rational voice, oh, it's not a big deal, everything will be fine. I need to rebuke that voice. The second thing that the right-hand thief did, he admitted his own sin. He told the, right, the left-hand thief, he told him, we, by our own 
deed deserves the judgment. He doesn't. He doesn't. He finally turned away from her, his resentment. Why was he making fun of Jesus? What did Jesus do to him at the beginning? Nothing. He doesn't even know who Jesus is. But because he was going to death, he was resentment. So he started like screaming at this man whom people accuse that he's a prophet. And well, if you're a prophet, do something instead of you like act doing, you being useless. That's exactly what he's doing. Jesus has done nothing to him out of resentment. He started to turn away from his resentment toward Jesus. And then he asked God for mercy. There's one thing you will only notice when you read the gospel in Greek. That the right-hand thief is the only person who addressed Jesus in the New Testament by telling him Jesus. That's it. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And the Greek, I'm not going to go through the whole language details, but so when you translate it, you can actually add Lord sometime because the words are out of order, so you can put it, add it for emphasis. But in the Greek, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He turns somehow to be so intimate with Jesus. And you know what's crazy? Is that the right-hand thief did not ask Jesus to go to paradise. He didn't. He told him, remember me. Just remember me when you enter into your kingdom. How can such a resentment turn into great humility? Under a cross of my own deserving, under a cross of my own punishment. And that's why the Lord told him, told him, today you'll be with me in paradise. God has given him more than he asked for. He asked for simple remembrance, but he received the whole paradise. I think regardless of why we're carrying a cross, if I feel I carry the cross in my life because of my own sins, or I feel I carry a cross that I had nothing to do with it, that is not the question. And I should not be trying to find out why I'm carrying a cross. Because the cross is a chance for transformation. I have two choices. To be like the left-hand thief, complaining, resentment, bitter, hate my life, mocking people, never happy, never satisfied, or I could allow God to transform me just like the right-hand thief. The moment when we are brokenhearted, God does something so beautiful. He shows us that he's with us. In your life, you ask God for so many small things. He might not give it to you. But the moment you're broken, he will give you all the small things that you've been asking for. But it won't matter much at that time because you're broken for something bigger. But he's giving you these small things because he's telling you, I am with you. Don't look at these small things and ignore them. Because he's walking with us and carrying the cross with us. We are not carrying the cross alone. And glory be to God forever and ever.